Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another evening where we continue and wrap up our reflections into Paul's letter to Philemon, these 25 verses that have allowed us to engage a number of different topics. Now, yesterday evening, I concluded with this verse 20, We are going to read verses 21 to 25 this evening, but I wanted to touch up something I was speaking to yesterday. In verse 20 of this very short epistle, St. Paul writes, Yes, brother, may I profit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Refresh my heart in Christ. Uh, Renew my heart. And what is Paul saying here? But essentially, uh, grip me. Right, the word heart in the Greek is translated as being moved to the very core of your being. Literally translated guts. I know that's a, a pretty provocative word, but this is what the Greek word means. Moved to the core. When Jesus was moved with pity to help those in need, he was moved to the core. Right? He was moved to the core. So when St. Paul says, refresh my heart in Christ, Uh, He is using the same language and the same verbiage as that of Christ when Christ was moved with pity. So when he says, refresh my heart in Christ, he is saying to Philemon, I want your love to grip me. Um, I want your love to move me to the very core of who I am in my heart. Now, yesterday evening, I was talking about this a little bit within the context of social media and how we use a little heart to show your affirmation of something. But the more I thought about that, the more I think we do need to think more about it, right? When we heart something or like something, is it something that renews us? Is it something that refreshes us? Is it something that evangelizes us? Because what St. Paul is saying here in verse 20 is that your love, Philemon, if you do what I am asking you to do, will evangelize me, re-evangelize my heart. Because Again, my friends, we need to be re-evangelized every day. We need to be uh, renewed, refreshed every day. We need Christ to shake us up each and every day, right? Now, I'm not talking about that great metanoia experience, but what I am talking about is that need to go deeper and deeper in Christ every day and that need to allow others to move us. St. Paul wants to be moved. He expects to be moved. So when we are liking something and affirming something, hearting something, okay, are we affirming that which grips us? Hopefully we do. Hopefully we don't get so mundane about what we affirm and don't affirm. Hopefully we take each action and each interaction, maybe we could better say on social media, seriously, that indeed what we are affirming is something worthwhile to affirm. I think this whole conversation is very important in our everyday life because for so many of us, social media is where we're at, right? Social media is where we're at. So again, 
when St. Paul says something like he says in verse 20, uh, refresh my heart in Christ, let our actions too refresh others in Christ, that they might heart your truth or your act. So again, something worthwhile to uh, consider. All that being said, in principle this evening, we are going to take up St. Paul's concluding verses to uh, Philemon, and specifically his final request and final blessing. So verse 21 we read, With trust in your compliance I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I hope to be granted to you through your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as well as Mark, Aristarchus, Demos, and Luke, my co-workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. How about that last verse? Be with your spirit. Uh, isn't that the response we give to the priest when he blesses us and we say, and also with you? No, we say, and with your spirit. Again, those changes that were made in Mass, oh, what, five, six years ago, were changes made because the church wanted to make sure that all those words we use in liturgy reflect more accurately the inspired Word of God. Okay, so verse 21, with trust in your compliance, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. The word behind compliance is a weighty term in the New Testament, usually rendered as what? Obedience, huh? Used in the New Testament, namely by Paul, because Paul is the one who speaks to it so often. It refers most frequently to obedience to God and God's commands. You certainly see this all throughout St. Paul's epistle to Rome, chapter 1, verse 5, chapter 5, verse 19, 6, 16, chapter 15, verse 18, and certainly chapter 16, verses 19 and 26. You see this language of the obedience of faith, but it also speaks to God's chosen representatives, right? We saw this in Paul's second letter to the church of Corinth, and this is the context here, because Philemon is one of God's chosen representatives, huh? So it's interesting. For all this talk of preferring not to command, but rather to urge Philemon out of love, certainly Paul reveals here that he is in fact expecting obedience. And at this point in the letter, it is clear that Philemon's compliance is not simply to Paul, but to who? the larger community in Christ, and to the mutual love that this new family entails. So Paul is writing this letter with an expectation, and not some human frail expectation, but no, confidence in God. Remember how we've translated the obedience of faith before, because in Romans chapter 1, verses 5, and, and in those other verses I was mentioning, when he uses that phrase, obedience of faith, he is translating the Old Testament vision and understanding of just not faith per se, but faithfulness. The Hebrew is emunah. It translates as responsive listening or, or firm response. The idea in principle is that faith just isn't about this ascent of belief into this unknown, immaterial, abstract force. No, but to God. And as such, we respond to this God who is love. And we do so how? Obediently. Remember the word 
Obedience comes from the Latin obadire, which means what but to listen, to listen. And this is central to the whole discussion on prayer because the word prayer, in its literal translation, precari in the Latin, means to ask. So who, when being genuine in their inquiry, doesn't listen? Right? If you're serious about what you're asking for, you're then also going to be serious in your listening. And if you're serious in your listening, then what are you going to be? Obedient, right? Obedient. And so when St. Paul is talking about this compliance, this expectation that Philemon is going to comply, he's doing so mindful that Philemon is a man of faith, and as such, he's going to respond in faith. St. Paul has, we could say, confidence in Philemon, mindful that the word confidence is a word that speaks of faithfulness, that the sense of, yes, the one who I'm writing to is going to respond. He's confident, given his relationship with Philemon, that he's going to respond. Okay? All right. So the question begs to be asked, but exactly what action does this obedience require of Philemon? Well, there are several answers to this. First, Paul's mandate that Philemon welcome Onesimus as he would welcome Paul implies, at least, that the master not punish his slave, either physically or financially. This is what we talked about yesterday evening, right? Second, Paul's desire in verse 13 that Onesimus serve him raises the possibility that he would like useful one Simus to help him in his ministry. And there's a, there's a play on words here because the word for ministry is diakonia, diakonia, whereas the word for serve is diakonio. If you are going to fulfill the ministry that God is calling you to, then you have to have the heart of a what? Servant. Okay, you cannot disconnect those two words, ministry from servant, because ultimately, one imbues the other with its life-giving force. That is, service imbues ministry with its life-giving force. That is the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. Third, we can add, too, that St. Paul's language here, the even more that he knows Philemon will do, is most likely what? But the early release of the slave probably to serve Paul in his work of evangelization. So, you have this kind of threefold response to uh, what Philemon might have been expecting to do. Now, another thing we need to take up is these guys who St. <laughs> Paul mentions, most especially Epaphras, huh? Because he is singled out as the fellow prisoner. Now, the fellow prisoner in the Greek can mean captive, but more specifically, one who is a prisoner of war one who is a prisoner of war. So Epaphras is Paul's fellow prisoner in both a literal and spiritual sense. Literally, he shares Paul's fate of confinement, right? Because we know that St. Paul was literally confined in a prison. But also, we could speak to it spiritually because spiritually, he is a fellow prisoner just as Archippus is a fellow soldier in verse 2 that we talked about, right? A fellow fighter in the war against the powers of evil in the world. Now, it's interesting. 
There is an illusion to Isaiah here. There is a sense that when you read this, St. Paul, Epaphras, and these others have experienced this messianic liberation, which of course is caught up in what? Caught up in being a, a son of God. And not only a son of God, but one now who is called to baptize and teach. This language of being a prisoner of Christ with Epaphras is significant because what you have now is St. Paul coming full circle with his epistle, huh? I mean, go back to verse 1. What did we read? That St. Paul was a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Here, Epaphras is a what? A prisoner of Christ Jesus. How does this chapter close? But with the words, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. How did St. Paul open up his epistle? But with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have heard me say how all good authors have a very strategic way of coming full circle. You come full circle in any kind of writing to really hammer home your point, that point that you established in your opening thesis. In the case of this very short epistle, it's the importance of understanding that while a prisoner of Christ Jesus, we can still communicate the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, just not literally, but also spiritually. You know, something that you might miss when you read these verses in the English, in the Greek, verses 21 to 25, there is this kind of shuttling between the singular and the plural. It's, it's Paul's way of showing that he is aware that his personal address to Philemon occurs in a public context and is sent with the knowledge of a number of other people on the sending end. In any community, even private decisions have communal consequences. So he's writing to an individual, but he understands as he's writing to an individual, others will be reading this. And I believe this to be another invaluable point because it really ought to shake us up that everything we do, everything we do, in more ways than we can ever imagine, has communal consequence. If I walk across the street to order a coffee at the coffee shop, that action is going to have consequence, not only for me by drinking a, a caffeinated beverage, right, but also for those around me in the coffee shop. Every single act has this kind of chain reaction that consequently affects other people. And this in the spiritual life is so important, especially, again, as you put this in the context of St. Paul's epistle. He's writing to one, but mindful that others will be reading this. And this is something that we should be aware of. When we hit the send button on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, we have to be thinking about who might be reading this. I'm just not sending it to one person, but I'm sending it to everyone, okay? And once I'm aware that everyone is about to read what I'm sending, it might impact whether or not we actually hit the send button. I think maybe some of us, um, without thinking about it, hit the send button, and once we do, we, we regret it. Or it just might be a text. You, you've written this long text, and instead of discerning on whether or not you should have even written the text, let alone send it, you've sent it on its way. I think we need to be more discerning. No, I know we need to be more discerning in what we send. Mindful of that principle that St. Paul has kind of established in a much larger way in this epistle. 
that more than one person is reading it. And as more than one person is reading it, more than one person is going to be affected by your actions. Just as you have been affected by other people's actions, either negatively or positively. So just a principle that uh, we need to be aware of, especially today with our emphasis in communicating on social media. Social media seems to be a a theme here (laughs) this evening, does it not? All right, what else can we say to these verses? Well, as we kind of move into wrap-up mode, we might ask ourselves the question, what are things that St. Paul is teaching us in the letter? Well, off the top, we could say quite apart from the various roles that Christians might play in society and in the faith community, Paul was clear that baptism makes us profoundly united in the call to serve Christ and one another in the body of Christ. Remember yesterday I was placing the emphasis on brother, that we can call ourselves brothers or sisters in Christ because we are baptized into the one body of Christ. St. Paul is placing an emphasis on this here, as he's not just speaking to the unity of the body of Christ, but what that demands. Once we are a brother or sister in Christ, we now have to be present to those needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ, because they, well, are our co-workers. If we truly are going to live out our baptismal vocation, we have to understand that we are captive in Christ, captive in this more positive sense of waging a war on behalf of Christ. Very provocative language that we need to behold if we're going to understand, better understand uh, the Christian and Catholic vocation that is before us. What else here? Well, certainly Paul takes seriously our Lord's teaching that those who would be his disciples in doing the will of God form a family even deeper than blood. That's the power of the body of Christ, that this should be actually something even deeper than those blood bonds of love, than those biological bonds of love. And I know for some of us, this might shake us up a little bit. Well, what are you talking about, Joe? Well, what does Jesus say? I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And then he says what? Your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. What does he mean by that? Well, simply, my friends, those who you might be a brother or sister to biologically might not espouse towards a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the bottom line is this, and certainly this comes through strong with St. Paul in this very short epistle, God first. God first. Once we place God first, then everything else will fall into place. What do we read from the gospel? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love neighbor as yourself. You can only love neighbor as yourself if you have first allowed God to invade your soul through and through. And again, this resonates with this epistle because St. Paul expects that Philemon understands this. He's essentially saying to Philemon, because you are a son of God, and because, Philemon, you understand that when God has invaded your soul through and through, you can now do extraordinary things in him. It's now time to do something extraordinary in him for your brother, brother in Christ, one Simus. In God, for other. Receive the gift so as to better understand the task. Come to know him that you might make him known. Internalize the Holy Spirit that what is external 
might be seen for what it is. You see, my friends, once we have captured the in God for other moment, we certainly have captured just not the Christian vocation, but the very thing that St. Paul is after in this epistle. And it is so, so important. All right. By way of postscript, I wanted to speak to something uh, here that a church father has to say on St. Paul in this epistle to Philemon. The early Christian commentator Origen, you've heard me quote him before, saw in Paul's gentle way of pastoring nothing less than an imitation of God, the imitatio dei. And this is what uh, Origen had to say. God does not tyrannize, but rules. And when he rules, he does not coerce, but encourages. He wishes that those under him yield themselves willingly to his direction, so that one may do good, not out of compulsion, but out of his free will. This is what Paul, with understanding, was saying to Philemon in his letter concerning one Simus, when he said, so that your good be not according to compulsion, but according to free will. Because in the end, my friends, God is a gentleman, and he is always inviting, never browbeating, forcing, but always inviting. He's never the hammer to the nail, but always the bloom to the flower. He is the fragrance, and it's the fragrance that draws us in, is it not? You smell something sweet and you're drawn in. It's no wonder that fragrance was an important image, not only in the Old Testament, but also in the early life of the church to talk about evangelization because all good evangelization is first what? But a fragrance. The fragrance invites and the fragrance that invites is love itself. Amen. Amen. All right, I am looking up at the clock, and we are out of time. Well, my friends, as we are out of time, that means our study on this very short epistle uh, to Philemon is over. And so hopefully these last five days have been beneficial for you. Again, starting next week, we are going to take up the book of Genesis. This clearly is a book that you want uh, me to go through and that you want to spend more time with, so we will do that. Also, starting next week, I'm going to have Father Mike Ritter with me on a more regular basis, and it looks like what we're going to do is take up books and movies and see where we might find redemptive themes in popular books and movies. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I might have Father Mike Ritter with me uh, tomorrow to talk more about this, but if I don't, be rest assured, starting next week, alongside of our new programming with the book of Genesis, I am also going to be joined by Father Mike Ritter, and we will uh, take up all of our favorite books and movies and look at where we might find Christ in these books and movies. And also, of course, we will still have a special topic Thursday where I will continue to answer your questions that I continue to receive. Huh? So with that, let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you special thanks and praise for the gift of another evening especially this evening for the gift of Paul's letter to Philemon. Who would have thought, Heavenly Father, that this short epistle would have been so important to us that it would be in the canon of the New Testament? So we spend time with this. And as we have spent time with this, we have become mindful of the importance of being present to others 
and how you call us to love in the body of Christ. A love that is very practical. A love that has demands, but even in the demand, even in the demand, a love that is always an invitation. Amen. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.